0: Hey y'all, welcome back to uh, another damn podcast. I'm your host, Supernova Jones, and we're back with another damn episode. Now, this episode won't be a full one. I actually don't know where we'll end up with this one, but it's 420. Yay! (laughs) And for everyone around the world, or maybe just here in America, because, you know, sometimes living here can make you think that we set the standard for everything. But here in America, 420 is a day of celebration for potheads a day to smoke weed and really be out loud with it right no pun intended with that one but for those of us who lost someone on this day it hits different no pun intended again mm. <clears throat> I'm good <laughs> but on this day three years ago I lost a friend of mine on 4 that a sh- ain't that a bitch ain't that some shit <laughs> we were friends for 20 years 20 years. And I wanted to dedicate this episode to him. But I also wanted to talk about grief because grief is trash. (laughs) It is because there isn't any right way to deal with it. The culture, right? The culture will try to tell you that there is, that there's a face to grief. This is supposed to look this way. You're supposed to act this way. But there isn't because everyone is going to deal with it so different. And I think the more that we allow people to express grief or loss or sorrow the way they want to, the more we can respect it and deal with it. And maybe it won't be so trash. When you lose someone, it's it's really traumatic. It's a It's a traumatic experience because everything leading up to it or everything that happened on the day of becomes... Forever ingrained in your mind, like trauma, like something traumatic. Certain smells, songs, colors, voices, what you were wearing, where you were. You remember that always. And losing someone hurts. (laughs) Again, just like trauma can. Especially depending on the relationship you had with the person, of course, right? Because people lose parents, siblings. They won't blink an eye. Because they didn't have a good relationship with them, if any relationship, or should. Um, They're probably even relieved that they're gone. It can't happen. And maybe they hurt because even though the relationship with them wasn't good, there is absolutely no way to fix it in the physical realm if you're a spiritual person. Because if you're a spiritual person, you know that that person has now become an ancestor, right? A spirit, even an angel. And depending on your spiritual beliefs, you can work on that relationship in, in a way, but I won't I won't get into that too much. Either way, the shit hurts. Okay? It hurts. It can feel like a part of you has died. And in a sense, it has, right? I mean, I wear these 20 years of friendship, and that was back in 2020. So technically we were going on 23 years of friendship. With, with my friend probably, I wear it probably. But he had a mother who birthed him, you know? And he's more than 30 years old, or you know, was more than 30 years old. He has a sister who shared space with him and family who knew him long before I did. So how does it feel for them? How much more does it hurt? And of course it's not a competition. But, you know, those are the kind of things you think about, at least me. But the day my friend died, I remember I was at work. It was in the thick of COVID. And when I say thick, I'm meaning like I live down south. And if I even look like I thought about going to New York or up north, they were quarantining my ass. Because at this time, New York City and surrounding areas were the epicenter of the virus people were dropping like flies up there and honestly out of fear my state had precautions on travel up north like I worked in a hospital so every day when we walked in we were screened and one of the questions was have you been in the state of New York (laughs) New York baby within the last 48 hours like play with us if you want to so I was at work, and it was a normal day, right? And, and even to even saying that now, it's like normal. What was normal? But it was a normal day. Like today is a normal day. Four twenty, twenty twenty three is a normal day, and so was four twenty, twenty twenty. So it was a normal day, and. um I was like scheduling patients, you know everyone was twenty feet away. this one we wasn't even at six. we was like twenty. everyone was like in their own cubicles, and we turned like patients' rooms into offices. So I was in an office just kind of chilling, and my friends and I we have a group chat, and I remember someone asking for my boy, let's call him Buck, and that's actually his nickname Buck, so they were like, Yo, you know, I heard Buck died, and we were like. Nah, I mean, this was in the morning time, too. This is like maybe 10 o'clock, 1030. So we're like, nah, that's not true. And we're even like cracking jokes about it, right? Like, it kind of felt like when you read an article about a celebrity that, you know, they're saying the celebrity died, but it, you really just hadn't heard from the celebrity in a while, you know, but or or maybe it was a celebrity that like you just saw posting online or something. So it's like... You know, they couldn't be dead. You don't want to believe, you know, and it came out that it's fake anyway. So it's like, oh yeah, nice. So that's what it felt like. Uh, nah, he's not. So I think that like we had hope, like there was hope. So of course I call him immediately. No answer. I hit up his sister and she responds and she said, yeah, he's gone. Those were her exact words. He's gone. And I just, I froze. like that pause right there that I just took that's that's how the world felt around me that's that's what I heard nothing and then I just screamed it's like it's like I had to scream in order to wake myself up in order to like get my body moving you know uh I felt the numbing coming on so I called one of my friends and I'm crying to him telling him that yeah like it's true buck Buck is gone <laughs> and I was like claustrophobic in my own body and in my own space I, I had to like get out and get some air so I walked out into the hall and I probably looked like crazy to everybody wild and a co-worker of mine he was an older gentleman I actually considered him my work dad he sat with me and I just bawled y'all I just bought I didn't I didn't even know I could produce so many tears. I didn't know I could yell like that. Cause I was I was in literal pain, you know, and it was more so all in just my chest area. And again, like my, my only response was tears and to scream. And I just kept saying, Why? Why? Cause why do people have to die? When someone dies that we felt didn't deserve to die. We questioned the logic of the universe, right? If we never believed in anything before, we def do now because now we want to know the formula behind it. Because here we have a person who made so many people laugh. Buck told the wildest jokes that didn't make any sense but to him. Like if you ever watch White Chicks, you know the cop who could like he like picked the wildest scenarios and was like, you have to pick, you know, like if if you could choose between um, Beyonce and Meg The Stallion, you know, but they both had AIDS, who would you pick? Like that, that was like him. That was Buck. His laugh was vibrant and contagious. You know, he would laugh with his whole upper body. Cause you know, he was like fat. (laughs) So, you know, you see all this jiggling up top. So no, 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 it chill out guys. Chill out. These, that's what I'm saying. Like these were our types of jokes. These were our types of jokes. He's laughing right now. And he was always ready to talk to you. Always ready to listen, to advise you, to defend you, to annoy you, to hang out with you, keep you up all night. Like we would chill in Brooklyn Bridge Park for hours. We would chill at his house for hours and it'd be like, oh, well, I'm about to go. I'm about to get up out of here. And then he'd be like, yeah, yeah, you know, but now like, remember, and then you'd be like reeled back in to that conversation. And we'd be like on a whole nother topic. He had like a bunch of ideas and things to talk about and again scenarios and he loved talking about the past. He loved like, you know, telling stories about the past and funny things that people did. He loved football, Giants. Um diehard Giants fan. And uh he was just amazing. He was he was amazing. He was a sweet guy. Um very family oriented. He loved his friends and he loved his crew, his his tribe. He loved like getting people together. And he did. He got a lot of people together all the time. We were always chilling with Keith. Even when I moved out of the city, you know, we were always chilling with him. So with him, it was like, so why would the universe feel they needed someone like him? Especially during a time like COVID, when the people in his life needed his laugh the most. We needed his sense of enthusiasm, We needed his love the most. And then again, you take him on 420. I don't even smoke. (laughs) Like right now I'm salty. I'm seeing everybody talk about 420 and tis the season. And I'm like, shut up. It's a season for what? But that's what grief can do. Questions unanswered. Feeling taken advantage of, feeling cheated in life cheated by the world because there's so many other options we say right so many other people that could have been taken bad people so why him you know that day later on that night some of us um in the group chat got on video and we cried together and when i think back on it it was a be- it was beautiful to see Because we were together like he conditioned us to be. Because sometimes he would have us in that very same group chat for no reason. On video or sending voice notes just to talk shit. And that's what we did. We talked shit about him. You know, for sure we cracked jokes. We grieved in a way he would have wanted us to, but not in the way society may have found acceptable. Cracking jokes on a dead man not even gone 24 hours That is heartless but no one would understand because grief has so many faces and there were so many different faces on that group chat different faces of grief all managing to smile even if it was just for a moment what changed the face of grief for us was the funeral because now decisions had to be made on who could physically be at the funeral and could you imagine his family having to make those decisions because of COVID? You know, you had to limit who can come. You got to wear masks and then you're in fear of possibly there was still this deadly virus going around killing people and you could possibly catch it at this funeral. That's basically how it was fed to us, right? At that time, I used to have to come home from work and like I said, I worked in the hospital and I couldn't touch anything in my house I would come home I'd take off my clothes at the door and put it in a bag to make sure not to contaminate my house I had kids you know my family so you think it would have been safe for me to go to the big bad epicenter in New York City and come back home to my kids and feel safe so I had to watch the funeral like a lot of us on zoom you know some people couldn't even get into the zoom there was like a hundred person limit so can you imagine even that, too? Like, damn, I can't even come to the funeral. Can't even say goodbye to my boy the right way. But I still tried to feel like I was there. A few of us wore plaid in his honor because Buck was was stylish. You know what I'm saying? He was a man of fashion. That He was that boy you could probably see him in some dickies at one point. You feel me? Had his nice little, little um, plaid shirts. Didn't matter. Mad tight on the upper body. You know, showing the tetas. <laughs> but um yeah I, I still tried to feel like I was there and at the end of the funeral while people went up to the body to say their goodbyes you could hear again our version of grief through the live stream and that was laughter because <laughs> people from our group chat they were like in the back of the funeral just laughing together about I don't even know what it, what they were laughing about I just knew that they it was them because I was on FaceTime with them on my phone. And letting them know, like, yo, I'm in the live stream, and I hear y'all laughing. (laughs) But again, that was the face of grief. Now, I don't say that to say that none of us in the group was sad, but I'm just saying that again, grief had a new face in our in our community, in our culture. Grief had a face, and it was yes to 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 cry and be sad and be angry, but to throw a smile in there real quick, a joke. Because again, in the spirit of the podcast, I'm always, again, backing up on the culture, questioning the culture. And I remember, I don't know if you guys know Tony Baker. He's real famous for like voiceovers, like, you know, it'll be like animals doing some crazy stuff and he'll be like, you know making his his voice and he'll be talking about skippity paps and whatever else funny guy look him up but i think i want to say maybe a year ago or two years ago he lost his son to a um street racers in california and i remember you know he was still kind of active on social media and he'd make jokes and even after he'd make a joke he would say like yo what's wrong with me like what's (laughs) why am i laughing you know And some people would question him on it. Dave Chappelle talked about it in one of his specials. He talked about losing a friend that was transgender and him making jokes about the friend on stage. And he's like, you know, he received a lot of backlash, of course, because it was like transgender person and he already has his issues with that community. But also because it's like, how could you joke about this right now, right? Right and yes there's a time and a place for everything but when we're talking about aesthetically you know the people who knew this person who died we're looking at from the outside looking in so of course it's going to look crazy right but it doesn't but people don't take the second to think but like maybe this is just how they grieve maybe this is a new way to grieve right or not even a new way, normal, but people didn't feel safe being normal in this type of grief. And now they're feeling safer in it, in this new face. So even though, I mean, I'm I'm dedicating this episode to him, even it seems kind of glum and gloomy, but I just hope that, like, All of the episodes I post, again, we gain some perspective on grief and how people express it because it's in stages. Today makes year three that Keith moved on, passed on, wherever he is. I have no idea. (laughs) I know sometimes um, every time I would see a butterfly I would think that it was him, but not like the graceful butterflies that you see. But, you know, you see them butterflies that just be flapping like their arms. And you at first can't really tell as a butterfly because they like it look like they just came out of the cocoon. I always joke that that's him because I'm like, yeah, you are that fat butterfly. Here I go body shaming again. Right. But that again, that is just how we joked. But it's been three years and I think out of the three. This is the second year that I didn't cry, right? But I might cry next year. I have no idea. And I think it's more so because I'm far away from everybody. You know, that connection that we had that night, um, the night he died, as time goes on, the connection kind of weakens a bit. And it's no fault to anyone. No fault to anyone. It just, that glue. (laughs) If you think of like soul food, right? Like big mama kept the house together. She kept Sunday dinners. Well, he was our big mama. (laughs) He was our big mama. So he kept the Sunday dinners, in a sense, kept us, you know, together, kept us meeting, kept us connected. And now that he's not physically here, it's a little harder to have the Sunday dinners. Did I say it's been two years since I didn't cry? (laughs) We have to restart that. Um, we're gonna restart next year. I didn't cry, but you know the tears, baby. They're just right there. You know them tears that just be like, "You gonna come out? I'm, I'm, I'm leaving this place. You ain't blinking me back." That that's what it's doing right now. But I, I'm a, I'm a thug. I'm from Brooklyn. Feel me? And we are gonna get through this episode. We're gonna wrap it up soon. Um, but yeah, he was our big mama, so it kind of gets harder. And again, grief is in waves. So you could find somebody crying all the time. You can find people that are angry, angry at the world, angry at God, angry at the universe, angry at society, angry at whatever, the powers that be. You could find people that are very sad. You can find people that have no reaction at all, right? They're just moving about their day like nothing ever happened, right? You can find people that push themselves into work right? They work more now. They work out more now. They're drinking more, right? They're out partying more. Because like I said, losing someone, death is trauma. It is traumatic. It's a shock to the system, especially if you're not used to it. For me, before Buck, I had lost my grandfather in 2018. And of course it was sad and I was so distraught, but, you know, my grandfather was 92, God rest his soul, 93. So he lived such a full life. I remember, you know, with Keith, it was like, I, we were supposed to grow old together. I I say that all the time, you know, we were supposed to kind of just go far and I don't know what happened. It's like some pages of "Out of Our Story" got ripped out, and I'll never know why. I'll never know why, you know, it's supposed to be a 90 chapter book, and we only way made it to chapter 20. But again, that's where grief comes into play. You know, this is where learning, you know about grief and looking at grief you know, in different ways and just kind of, I don't know, accepting it for what it is. Different things, different things, different faces, different ways to cope. And if we let people experience it, then there's no reason why they can't experience it the way they want to. I know there's a line in Euphoria. I was trying to find it. I was trying to be sneaky and find it without, yeah, hearing all these click, 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 click. <laughs> um, but there's a, um it's like a, a quote in the show called Euphoria. And I feel like it kind of sums up grief for me anyway, because she says like, this is the part where like this is the part where the story changes forever for the main character, right? Like this is this is basically where in the story shit hits the fan. And that's what it kind of felt like for me with my buddy. You know, my 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 best friend. I the you know, the first friend I made in middle school. And we're talking about middle school. I didn't even have a period yet. I didn't know anything about sex. <laughs> Just, you know, brand new and he was my friend through many stages of my life. First boyfriend, first love, first heartbreak. Being married, first child, second child. When I moved and left New York City, right? When I came back and I didn't have any friends, I didn't have any connections like that for real. You know, he was there. If I wanted to call and gossip with somebody... He was there, and of course it wasn't perfect, right? Because when you remember all the days leading up to the day someone dies, you remember all the days leading up to the first day you met them, all the days leading up to the last time you spoke to them. And I think about that, and I'm like, damn, we argued about that. I stopped talking to him because of that, girl. Because <laughs> if you know Buck, that you know that. Plenty of times where you have, to, you have to step away from that nigga. Just for a little bit. Give yourself some space between you and him. Because he had a temper. And let's not let. let's not add on your temper if you have one. Boy. But he had a temper. He had a slick mouth too. Very sassy. A very sassy. We used to say not nice things to him. <laughs> not politically correct things. But that's how you know we felt safe with him. He was, again, our big mama, our safe space, our family dinners, our family. That was family. And he gave us a family. He gave me a family. So again, I I say that I dedicate this episode to him, but it's not in a gloomy or negative type of way because, again, it's, it's 420. Yay. <laughs> so however you decide to celebrate it, I hope that you're celebrated in, you know, celebrating it in your way. But again, prospectively, when we think about grief, I just hope that you give people the space to grieve the way they need to. Because I feel like if we weren't, if I didn't have a group of people that allowed me to express myself and express my grief and cry with, because we all cry together here and there and I'm It's probably the first time we had ever seen each other cry ever, right? If I didn't have a group to feel safe with, to grieve my friend in the way that I felt to grieve, who knows how the healing process would have been for me at this moment in time, three years in. Who knows what would have been the healing process? I know a couple of months after, you know, we tried to keep up traditions. We would meet in the Poconos. Well, I know they would. Sometimes I couldn't. I I didn't. I wasn't like in the mix at first. I kind of came in later on. But, you know, we, they'd meet up in the Poconos and just kind of chill or whatever. So we tried to keep up with that. And I remember, you know, even our first weekend together after his death was just like a weird one. And we was just on like a wild roller coaster filled with... um. <laughs> drugs and, uh, and irresponsible people, (laughs) idiots. And if they're listening, they know exactly what I'm talking about, but it was just a lot of love. It was just a lot of love. So again, so when I'm thinking and like decompressing the whole situation, you know, with Buck, it's like death and grief brings us together you know, in the beginning. It like brings us together. It molds us together because now that's what we have to connect to, you know, almost kind of like a trauma bond in a sense, but not in the negative way that you see, but it's like we're connected by this trauma, this shock of losing that the same person that we all loved, even if it wasn't at the same capacity, right? Because like I said, he had sisters and brothers and aunts and uncles and parents, you know, that knew him way before we met him, right? But We're all sharing that same love and sharing that same loss in some way. So we're now bonded together. You know, we're looking towards each other to connect on this. But then grief can also cause disconnect, you know, cause things to change, cause things to kind of not be so solid anymore. But then that's okay, right? That's the part of grief that it should be because it's a cycle, it's a cycle. So maybe we'll get back together, maybe not, but it's, again, it's a part of grief that should be okay. And that shouldn't be, that shouldn't be avoided. I don't think any part of grief should be avoided. And I think that's my point. There's nothing about grief that should be avoided because that's how we heal and get stronger. And at the end of it, you should be able to kind of look back at it all, look at the entire relationship and, and Really celebrate it. And sometimes it's hard. It is. But the more you allow yourself to do it, the easier it gets. The more you allow yourself to feel the feelings, all of them, even if it's anger, even if it's anger at that person. Because who do we have to blame? We're, we're taught, if you're religious, if well not religious, if you're a Christian, you're you're taught not to question God. You don't ask God why, right? You notice I said universe. I ain't say God. <laughs> I know better. But, you know, we're taught not to ask why. But why not? Even if you're not going to get the answer you're looking for, you can still ask why. Because for real. <laughs> why? Why my mans? Why my friend? Why my bestie? You know, well, my son, my daughter, my friend, my, you know, my boyfriend, he was, you know, he had all these connections. We're entitled to ask why we're entitled to be angry, shit, angry with him. Even if it sounds unfair. Right? Angry at the government. huh? But I won't even get into that because it's not, it's not the episode for it. Because think about it like this, and and from our point of view, this man was making posts just, what, a week or two before he died, telling people to call your family members, look out for each other, we're going through hard times, still live life, don't live in fear. So much positivity on his post. And again, you think, well, what does the universe want with somebody like that? That's selfish of the universe. Right? So, yeah, let's, you know, let's think about grief, but then let's also celebrate. I love on 420 and on his birthday, um, which is coming up next month, I love looking at old pictures and Facebook posts of us together and us having fun and him smiling. Sometimes I'll go into the group chat and I'll listen to voice notes he made just to hear his voice again. (laughs) just to hear him laugh again, just to tell some jokes again. I'll watch videos of us just to see him smile because he had a nice, big smile. And even though it's hard to look at sometimes, it's really fulfilling. It's really fulfilling. It fulfills a temporary void. I'll listen to songs that he likes and that that's all grief. That's all grief even still. Because I'm doing that because he's gone. I'm do, I'm grieving him. But in a safe way in a in a way that honors him. And I still have that connection with everybody else, right? Because even if we're not together today on, on 420, you know what? Y'all gonna listen to me tight because that quote, y'all, I'm telling you, that quote is, that quote. That quote is just, it just goes perfect. It goes perfect. But I just can't find it. That's why I'm trying to get prepared before my episodes. Anyway. I'll put it. I'll put it somewhere um, on my page. I, I'll probably quote it. You know what? I'm going to go find it and I'm going to put the quote in the description of this episode. Yeah, that's what I'll do. I won't waste your time no more. But so this episode, I know I'm, I'm pretty sure he's probably like, why you dedicate this type of episode to me? Like there, this is no fun at all. <laughs> it is not, but it was needed. I want to be able to go back and listen to this episode and just think about how free I felt in this moment expressing my sorrow, but also love for my friend, for my buck, my buck 50, okay? A dollar and 50 cents, this guy. (laughs) And I want anyone else dealing with grief, even if you didn't lose someone today on 420, whenever you lost somebody, or if you know someone that lost somebody, just remember that today the day that they died you know that they lost someone it it's still it's still going to hurt in some type of way you know it's it's still a scar and sometimes even old scars when you just when you look at them sometimes your brain remembers that feeling of pain even if it's not as intense as the first time you got the scar sometimes you can still feel a little twinge of something. And that's how these days are. That's how these memories are, right? Little twinges. But the twinges get lighter as the time goes by. But only if you were really allowed to be engulfed in your grief. And just know that even if it comes back, even if let's say there's just a day Even if it's not the day they died or their birthday or the anniversary, it could just be a regular Saturday. Don't got nothing to do with nothing. And you're crying and you're grieving and you're hurt and you're in pain. That's okay, too. And it doesn't mean that you've stepped back or that there's a couple steps back into your, your process. I remember my friends and I would say things like, you know, we'll never get over you, Keith. You left us here to live without you. We'll never get over you. And those kind of words were unrealistic. Because yes, it, it's easy to say, of course we're not going to get over him, right? But we are going to get over the situation, not in the way people think that it means. And I think that's why we're scared to say that we feel we have to say things like that. Because it's scared, scary to say I'm over it, in a sense, because those are heavy words. And then you can't say, I've healed from it, right? Because I still might cry tomorrow (laughs) or later on today. I might still cry about this, guys. And then for some people, the culture, that'll mean you didn't really heal. You still crying three years? But no, yes, I can. And that doesn't change the healing process. It just means I'm gonna cry today because I want to, and because the emotions are heavy and whatever, and that should be okay. All right. So, however you choose to celebrate four twenty, (laughs) yay! Celebrate it, and don't be—you know—don't think of this episode as a, a downer or whatever. Just know that when it comes to grief, you're not alone. That you can express it however you want, whatever you need to do that's safe, I should say, that's legal, I don't know why, that's safe, all right? Then do it, because we need that. We need that. Don't tell people not to cry because they wouldn't want you crying. No, let me cry. Let me cry and then let me get back to it tomorrow. Or you shouldn't be laughing at a moment like this. They wouldn't be laughing. No, this is funny. <laughs> this is hilarious. Let me laugh about it. And because you allowed me to laugh, maybe I'll cry later on. Or maybe I won't. But all of that should be fine. Okay? So I'm about to go listen to some Rivals by Usher. That was my boy's favorite song I'm about to I didn't buy no alcohol. Mama's to light a candle for my boy, and this is dedicated to you, my Buck. I know I already said your name a few times in here, but whatever. <laughs> I'm not re-recording this. I love you so much. I miss you so much. Deep down in my soul, sheesh. I miss everything about you. I loved everything about you, even. The annoying parts especially in the annoying parts you were like the big brother i never had my favorite gemini <laughs> my favorite shit talker my favorite my favorite everything i you were everything you are everything And I miss you. And I'm going to be very patient until the day that I see you again. Very patient. I, it could wait. <laughs> it could wait. But whatever lifetime I meet you again, I hope that we're just as close as we were in this lifetime. And I pray that wherever you are, you are jiggling that fat (laughs) someplace and just watching over us or living your life. I know that's another thing. We always ask our families to watch over us. But what if he wants, what if by now he's already done reincarnated in somebody else and we just be talking to the the sky, talking to butterflies that don't even know what's going on? Somebody else's family. So spiritually, wherever you are, my friend, I love you. And I pray that you are being amazing as usual. And this is to all my loved ones that I've lost. And this is to anyone. And this episode is for anyone who has has ever lost somebody. Smile through the tears, guys. Because people like them, people like the people that we've lost, people like the person you've lost truly never really dies. All right, y'all. Until next time. Peace.